0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. It's time to welcome in Craig Jack. He's on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesign Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service and visit the local Sprint store near you. Bowler, good morning.
1: DJ, PK.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Little Johnny
1: Cash, how over are you? All right, Buller. Last Rime. time I saw you, DJ, I saw you outside yesterday of the arena, and you had a big parka on. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's because it's really cold <laughs> in her studio.
1: That's I the, just walked out the, the door. You, you, you had an important call, but it was uh, good I was, to see it. But, I was, but the parka—I understand the parka. I can get it.
0: I was cutting a business deal with uh, Manny Bowen, so I had to uh, had to move Got very you. quickly right then uh but yeah that was uh that was weird. I know walking out and it's ninety degrees out and i'm wearing I'm wearing a winter parking great, but it is really cold in here right now i I know my fingers are going numb
1: here I can't
0: uh the frostbite's setting in, but it's almost ten o'clock we we're getting there.
1: Buller and curi- PK is p k dressed in a sweatshirt or is he all right? is he he went tank top
2: <laughs> I have a hoodie on
1: a hoodie okay i just
2: i keep it in the car. The only place gotcha. I wear it, I go to the parking lot, take it off, put it in the back seat, and then when I come here in the morning, I put it on.
1: Put on the hoodie. Yeah. Smart. Smart.
2: Bowler, I'm curious,
0: this time of year, I know you're thinking uh, jazz all the time, it's your job, and you know when it's your job, it's always in the, uh, in the front of your brain. But I know college football, that was a childhood passion, and that's like it's, it never really leaves you. So are you no. are you obsessing about it now? Or now that you don't cover it, do you wait for the first game? and The first practice doesn't really fire you up.
1: Uh, no, nah, the first, I, It's always fun to know, man. They're back on the field, you know. And I've been reading and watching NFL camps, college camps, and it's the same feel. Everybody's excited. You put the pads on for the first day, and it just brings uh, kind of new life. Uh, and it kind of really is the first step, you know, to to really realize that fall is just around the corner and. You know, the passion I have for football, and even though, you know, I've covered it for 20 years uh, and call games and, you know, even 10 with BYU, I miss it. I mean, I miss being in the booth. I really do. Uh, I guess they call it a young man's game now, but uh, I'd love to be there uh, being part of it again. But it is what it is, uh, and I miss it. But I'd I say I, I the, the, the feeling you have when you hit the field is, is something special, and if you, really played the game, you really know. To me, they make fun. You know, sometimes I talked to them on the big show the other day, and it's about the smell. I mean, I'm sorry, man. It's the grass, the tape, the pads, the sweat. I mean, it's it's really kind of all the above that gets you kind of geared up uh, for another, another fall season of football. NFL and college, I can hardly wait for all of it. It's kind of a fun time of year knowing, too, the Jazz are just around the corner, you know, hitting camp. Uh, and before you know it, we're going to get a chance to see how this new uh, this new Jazz roster is going to work out. So it's a good time of year to know that uh, you know the sports we like and love are right around the corner.
2: So with the Utes being the overwhelming favorite to win the South and even pick to go to the Rose Bowl, we've got 14 years of history of Kyle Winningham and his offense. And so this year, with all the defensive players returning, and they have a lot of offensive players returning too, I'm wondering, you know, we're expecting this offense to be better, but do you think this is the year they actually, he reigns it in even more? Because there's so much at stake, really. There's no place to go for this team but down, given our their expectations.
1: Yeah, PK, I think that's going to be the topic, you know, of, of conversation. And you guys, you know, you heard all about it at the Pac-12 media day, and everyone's not only the South, but to, to you know to, to go to the Rose Bowl. I mean, I think it's kind of a, been a buildup, hasn't it? On, honestly, uh, since the, since uh, Utah joined the Pac-12, there there have been a couple of situations in time where the, they've been on the cusp of you know getting to that to that level to be a, a South champ and also a Pac-12 uh, champion. And it, it really sounds like or feels like PK, as you just said, the buildup is now. And if it doesn't happen then I think obviously the those will be those who believe that and even in the media believe that you know it's gonna be a downer and and a disappointment. And I don't know if I wanna say failure, but I mean I guess that's kinda where you have to go if if the hype and and the return of of Tyler and Moss all come into play here too, that they're healthy, their defense is intact, their O line's gotta have a couple of guys plugged in. But I think what we've learned from Utah, their recruiting has has much improved, um, and they're much deeper. And, and to be a champion in, a, in any conference, you have to have those three deep, uh, the three deep uh, ability of, of players. If a guy goes down, which is going to happen, uh, then you have to plug the next guy in. And I think the the Utes have the depth to do that. Um, but we'll see what Moss is about. And you know, he talked about too what Puka. Uh, I mean, you know, carrying the ball upwards to 30 times a game. The run game is going to be more dominant. You know, Huntley uh, has put on what he said, uh, what, 20, 25 pounds. He wants to be more durable as well. So, yeah, it's intriguing. Uh, and the schedule obviously starts with BYU, and we're going to get a lot of answers for both teams really quick on a Thursday night in August. Uh, I can hardly wait to see how that one turns out. That's a month away, right a month from today. So, yeah, we're we're right on the cusp of it.
0: When you look at BYU's opening month. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, well, that kind of answers that question before I even <laughs> asked it. <laughs>
1: Never mind. <laughs> no, I so, mean, it's, it's
0: – How, how many know, games, one? I was
1: one? looking at it earlier this morning. Two? But, you know, look, it's, it's rough. I mean, it's rough. And it goes along the same discussion we've had for years about where the fans are. I mean, I'm impressed with, with the schedule. But also, what can happen when you're not in a conference, one loss, two losses, and basically you're a forgotten, you're forgotten, and there's no way to play yourself back in. But, sorry, I mean, yeah, I, I just popped it up again to look at it, but Utah at Tennessee, uh, that's SEC country that, you know, we all know well, USC in Washington, and then on the road for Toledo, South Florida, those games on paper don't sound like they're really going to, like, well, South Florida could be interesting, but... You know, road games uh, are tough for anybody on a given Saturday, but that is one brutal start uh, for any team in this country. And BYU, I, I salute them for, for taking it on, but they're going to have to be really good uh, very early. Uh, they can't wait just to kind of, um, you know, work their way into form. They have to hit the, the field on that Thursday night against Utah and really have things put together. Um yeah, I think it's a big year for Kalani, too. I mean, there's always been talk about what direction they go. Uh, but PK and DJ, I don't know. I, I've, I've kind of said my piece about trying to find a conference to jump into, but also I realize that uh, the ESPN money and the independence uh, has, uh, I guess, some positives, but at the same time for the fan base, I'm not sure if they're so keen about the November schedule when there's not much to play for.
2: So I'm wondering this winter – And into the spring, and maybe
1: even into the late
2: spring, will you be saying the phrase, Go Bear for three?
1: (laughs) Oh, TK, if I do, man, it's going to light the league on fire. You know what? Uh, He's practiced it for the last few years, and I know practice is totally a different element than a a game time situation uh, under pressure and under a, uh, a blanket of defense. I will say that he's got good form. Uh, I've watched him hit threes on a consistent basis at the Zion Bank basketball campus facility, and you go, wow, man, big guy can knock it down. Good form. And I know that there's been talk, and the video kind of went viral that he's been actually knocking down threes. Um, I don't plan on making, saying that often, but you know what? Maybe, maybe on occasion he may put one up. I don't know. It'd be interesting because the floor may be totally different this year, PK, with the way with Conley and, uh, and, and running the running the offense and Bogdanovich spreading the floor with Joe as well. Rudy may find himself open. He may just say, dial it up and, and let her run. We'll see. I think he'll have some open looks if he wants to, you know, trailing down the floor, but I don't think it's going to be in Quinn Snyder's game plan on it on a, on a nightly basis, but you may see him take one or two or three or four. I mean, favors before his departure, try to increase his, his ability to knock down the corner three. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not an easy shot uh, for most bigs, but a few guys have been pretty good at it. One, including Dirk Nowitzki, who kind of made a living off of it at times. So um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not planning on it, but you never know. I like to be surprised.
0: Well, I'm figuring he must be worse than a 22% three-point shooter because if he is better than that, Quinn would have known it and he would have switched Favors and Gobert. And When they played together, Gobert would have been in the corner shooting better than Derek Favors' 22%.
1: That's a good point. Have you Even seen him do it in – kind of trying to practice that and maybe uh, just kind of flirting with a little bit of fun. Uh, look, where Gobert will make his living mostly is at the rim, on the high lob, on the lob pass, the high pass, as uh, the Jazz like to say. And that's what they implemented last year, and it was pretty effective. He led the league in dunks. I don't see them changing that much. I mean, I think because of, again, Conley and and the way the floor should be more open, you know, there may be one or two opportunities for Gobert. I think it's more or less a a situation where he may be the last option, but I don't see him just being a guy that's going to, you know, stroll down the floor and say, give me the ball uh, for three. That's just not who he is, and that's not the game plan that, that Quinn Snyder will run.
2: There's so many times, though, he gets the ball in a high post, and it's just basically a free throw. Why not? Yeah.
1: yeah. PK's a good free throw shooter. He's improved. I mean, he's not yeah. great, but he's he's better than some bigs, right? Yeah. And I, I still think he needs to, obviously, we all know he needs to put another, uh, I, I, I guess he, he has to have another uh, a shot in his bag of, of offensive skills, and whether that's, I don't think it's a three, but I still think the guy could actually turn around and face up the basket from 10 feet out and knock down a jump shot. I, I, you know, he doesn't. Uh, and maybe the opportunity hasn't really come his way all that often because, again, of, of his play at the rim. But I, feel, I still think he – and he knows. I, I still think he has to have uh, something to show uh, on the offensive end of the floor. I think that was a separator last year, honestly, between not being an all-star and being one. Because of the way that we play, the the league plays this game. And if you looked at the All-Star game, it was up and down offense. Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, uh, buckets at the rim and three-point shots. But I I think Rudy's limited in that regard. Uh, Defensively, obviously the best in the world in the last two years in the league. Uh, But on the offensive side, he still has has development. I I still think he can get better, too, guys. I really do. And the way his work ethic is, the way I've gotten to know him, I, I know he's working on something. And whether that's a, sh- a hook shot sweeping down through the paint, uh, improving his strength in his hands, uh, or facing up, you know, the, the, the bucket from six to eight feet out, we'll see. I think it's one of the, one of the storylines when the camp when camp opens up in September.
0: Has he ever shot it well enough in those drills when they're just shooting at the end of practice? That they would mess around with him trying it when they're in a five-on-five situation, because I mean, you know, when you're out there shooting by yourself, yeah, you got to be able to do it, but it doesn't mean you can do it when there's you know people around you
1: and people defending. That's a good one. I I, I don't think so, but I've been impressed with his ability to hit the shot. Tells me at least he has the the range and the form, right? Uh, to actually go out and knock it down. I mean, you and I, are, you know, PK, I know you're a dead eye three, uh, but some people just can't even hit a three-point shot just because they don't have the legs, uh, you know, to, to, give it a, to give it a run or the eye to put, it in, you know, to put it in the basket. But I've been surprised watching him how consistent he's been hitting that shot. Now, again, five-on-five, five, if it happens, I think it's only in, in maybe desperation time. Uh, I can't imagine that it becomes um, one of his uh, signature shots uh, in this league. I still think Gobert is a guy that's going to you know do his damage at the rim.
2: So the motto over the last few years is team is everything or team, whatever that was, team is where it's at. Uh, I'm looking at this team now. <laughs> I'm yeah, you're going to make
1: up a new one for this fall, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Screw that. I'm getting mine. It's always been my motto. <laughs> <laughs> you and
1: Danny Ainge. <laughs> Hashtag, hashtag it, don't forget, hashtag Tom,
2: Tom Chambers, dang, Tom. So, I'm wondering if we'll see anybody break out, you know, because Mitchell has been there a couple years now. And right. And he's gotten incrementally better, and he's had to shoulder too much of the load, and now he's going to have help with the load. So do you think that they will continue to spread it around, or do you think that maybe there might be somebody who is substantially better based on uh, versus their career averages to this point?
1: Well, I think the first guy that I, I just kind of point to, that maybe it's just me because they've continued to stay with this guy uh, from draft night on and two injuries, and that's Dante Exum. I mean, who is he, PK? Um, I don't know. Uh, I've seen flashes, and I still think that's what uh, Dennis and the Jazz front office, um, with Justin Zanuck and David Morey all want to see. I mean, it's it's and the fans want to see who this guy is. So, I think there'll there'll be some attention. Obviously, you know, put back the spotlight on Dante. Is he going to back up? Uh, Can he start in certain situations? I don't know, and can he stay healthy? Uh, That's that's the other the other um, uh, question mark. But you know, you've seen what I've seen, and and DJ. I mean, we've seen some moments uh, where he can explode to the rim. Uh we've seen some moments he can shut down the corner on defense with his with his length and really just cut the path uh to the rim uh but i don't I haven't seen it consistently enough to to really know who Dante is but i, I hopefully we'll find out and that's the first guy that comes to mind and of course, with the acquisitions of of Bogdanovich uh you know he had a tremendous year last year. he is a three point shooter bona fide in this league. And how that really does play into uh, Donovan's uh, ability to go more one-on-one? Uh, can he explode to the rim more free? Um, and can he? You know, and I know he wants to be in better shape this year. We all heard that uh, when he when he walked out uh, with the the postseason interviews, the exit interviews. And then Conley, what's he bring to PK and DJ? Uh, I think he probably brings uh, stability. Uh, I think we'll see the Jazz with more possessions and less turnovers too. So, I mean, there's a whole bunch of storylines to go, uh, you know, with this season and how it's gonna impact the floor and Joe Ingles, too. My question too is Botganovich and Donovan and, and Conley, do they take shots away from Joe? Uh or is he yes. just gonna sit in the corner and is he gonna be a guy that really, you know, even ups up even takes more threes this year? So Uh, and then will the Jazz be just basically a three-point shooting club with rim play by Gobert? That's where the league's going analytically, so I think that's what the Jazz have made adjustments to do.
0: I think Joe is going to take fewer shots. I think he's already shown over the past few years a willingness to shoot less. He gets told to shoot more, and he says, well, I'll shoot when I think it's a good idea, and if that's three times a game, three times a game, deal with it. Right. So I think if you bring that mentality into a team that's got a bunch of guys who can shoot, I think Joe's going to default to less shots. He's already kind of showed his hand in that regard. But I don't think the rim play is limited just to Gobert. This should open up the floor. Uh, Bogdanovich can drive. Yeah. And certainly Donovan can. And we've seen Donovan drive into crowds. Theoretically, he should be driving into a little more space now. And Conley.
1: Yeah, Conley can get to the rim, and Donovan, as you saw, what was he playing some uh, Black Ops basketball on Twitter the a couple of days ago or yesterday, and uh, he was uh, jumping and flying and getting to the rim as well. I think the floor just opens up, you know, for for everyone. Uh, DJ, I really do. I think there's just the spacing will be better, and that the defenses until proven wrong, they have to respect what the Jazz put on the floor. Uh, those starting fives. And getting back to Joe, too, you you make a great point. You know, he's a guy that, you know, is all about team. I mean, this whole team is, but Joe made the the offer before, as you know. If he has to be a bench guy coming off the bench, he's okay with that. Uh, I know that sounds crazy to to give up a starting position, but that may be a situation on given nights with matchups, and I don't think it's going to really rock his world uh, if he's a starter or if he's going to. Come off the bench and take advantage of maybe second team, you know, defenders. So I think there's a lot of options for Quinn. Uh, There's a lot of uh, interchangeable parts like a chessboard. You know, you move one piece here, move one piece out. And uh, I think the Jazz have a lot of different options this year. A lot of multiple players who can play multiple positions.
0: Well, Bowler, we appreciate a few minutes. Enjoy some college football and enjoy some. I guess, uh, what, dreaming about the Jazz? Because it's still a ways off. <laughs> hey,
1: I'd say I'm, I'm, I, I wish I was at a few football fields right now. But, uh, hey, no, the Jazz will be around the corner. College football is going to be exciting. Utah State, uh, Big Blue's got uh, a lot of things going on with Love. And obviously the big story uh, is that first game to see what BYU's got against Utah. So, uh, yeah, we've had a little bit of a lull this summer, but uh, all the good things are just around the corner. Thanks, Buller. See you guys soon.